0: Venomous Duck Media presents Gareth and the Lost Island Episode 10 The No Longer Lost Island Disclaimer This audio drama should be considered rated PG-13 for discussions of sexual hijinks, drinking, consuming questionable potions, brief moments of violence, crude language, and even cruder humor. Please use caution when listening in public, as this story may cause audible laughter. Venomous duck media is not liable for any strained abdominal muscles you may receive while listening, or the strange looks you might get from other commuters. If laughter persists for more than four hours, seek immediate medical attention.
1: I can't believe we spent a month flying to Miskal. Only to be stopped by a storm when we're almost there!
2: What do you think, pilot? Should we chance it or try to wait out
3: the storm? To be honest, Captain of the Glorious Dawn, I think we should wait. I've seen many storms while piloting this ship, and there's something about this particular storm that makes my quills want to stand on end.
2: I agree. The storm looks chancy. I won't risk it while we still have plenty of provisions. Sorry, Professor, but it looks like you'll have to wait a day or two to find whatever it is you're hoping to find.
4: Hey, Captain. what small gold that flashes red-a-lot? Sheldon, I don't have time for riddles right now. Well, fine. We'll just put this, um, whatever it is back where we found it. Wait, stop! What are you talking about? This gold disc with a red crystal set in the center. We were shifted around some of the empty crates and found this wedged in between the floorboards and the wall. We thought it was just some ugly piece of jewelry one of the slavers dropped, but it has magical runes inscribed on the back. Damn it!
2: Professor, see if you could translate the runes and find out what that thing does.
4: Hand it over, Sheldon. Hmm, huh,
1: that's odd. These first runes are just a simple lighting spell. It's what's causing the crystal to glow every so often. The second set of runes? Are part of a spell used to enact a bonding ritual between like items but i have no idea why you'd want to bond two gold discs together it's not like you could use them to communicate or anything like that so the lighting spell is even woven into the binding ritual making it so the disc would only be able to stay lit if it was near its mate kind of a dumb design if you ask me unless that's exactly the effect they were looking for i think we're in trouble it wouldn't be hard at all to use a pair of these to track someone and the closer you got the quicker the crystal would start to flash.
4: That explains why it keeps flashing quicker ever since we found it. Professor, throw that thing overboard as quick as you can! Right.
2: (sighs) Pilot, hand me the spyglass and then tell Izzy to fire up the Ethereum furnace and to be ready to burn whatever Ethereum we have on hand.
3: Engineer the Glorious Dawn, stand by for emergency full Ethereum burn.
5: Life 30 mid-air emergency? Must be Tuesday.
2: Flaming dragon shit! Pilot, take this and tell me what you see.
3: I saw what looks like a destroyer with three frigates as escorts. None of them are flying any sort of colors that show what country they are from. It seems as though the pirates have found us again.
2: Sheldon, man the cannon. It probably won't hurt them much, but I won't go down without a fight. Pilot, get us out of here.
3: Initiating the professor made me crap my pants maneuver in three, two, one. The destroyer has three main guns on deck. It will take them at least two minutes to reload. However, the frigates will be in range long before that.
6: What in the hells are you people doing up here? I haven't been thrown around the sick bay that much since the weekly orgies back in med school. Ah! Question withdrawn.
2: Doctor, get Tish and Henry down into the engine room with Izzy. It's the most heavily reinforced part of the ship. And the Quaqua Qua
5: will shoot?
4: And it's good! The crowd goes wild! <sighs> that frigate won't be shrugging off that head anytime soon. Captain, happy to report one frigate has been set on an extended right turn now that its left propeller is gone. We'll see if we can't make any more lucky. <laughs> Ouch! We're gonna pass out now. Night
2: night! Our cannon took a direct hit and Sheldon's out of the fight! Get out of here, Pilot!
3: I am attempting to do so, Captain of the Glorious Dawn. We will need to repair the tear in the main cell if we wish to get enough speed to outrun the remaining frigates. Never mind, the new lack like of a main mast shifts repairing the main cell to the bottom of the list.
2: If we can't outrun them, you're going to have to outfly them, Pilot. Professor, now would be a really good time for you to pull another mysterious magical miracle out of your-
1: Get up, Gareth. Pilot and Lizard Breath are out. Okay, that's it. One hand on the railing and pull. Izzy, burn the Ethereum and flood the tubes with as much charged Ethereum gas as you can.
5: Gareth, where's Pilot or Elizabeth?
1: Hurt, and we've lost both sails and the cannon. Our only chance is to try to lose them in that storm.
5: If I flood the tubes with that much Ethereum gas, they're gonna shatter.
1: And if we don't? You might as well surrender to the pirates right now.
5: Gotcha. I'm flooding the tubes. Now, there's a gauge on your left. When the needle gets into the red, we'll be at maximum power. Gareth, if we get out of this alive, you and I are definitely taking our relationship to the next level.
1: Aye, aye, Engineer. Yes! We're pulling away from them. Now I just need to bleed on altitude. Oh, seriously? Report a tube? Oh, come on, old girl. Hold together just a little longer so we can get low enough to survive a crash landing. Oh, God damn it, Fate! Don't you think you're taking this whole mess-with-Gareth thing a bit too far?
0: Oh, guess not. Meanwhile, in the engine room...
5: Don't worry, Tish. Gareth will find a way to get us to safety.
1: Brace for impact! Shite!
6: Mm. Mm. No, thank you fifteen is my limit on Schnitzing Gruben. Baby, I am not from Chimia.
5: Wake up small biological specimen Huh What? Are we a white small biological specimen?
6: We're not sure. Are we a floating metal automaton?
5: Yes, we are.
6: Then we're awake, but we're very confused. I mean, I'm very confused. I must have a concussion.
5: Gavin, this small biological specimen is awake.
6: Come in, Dorsey. Whoa! You're a big one, aren't you? You're as tall as a centaur and four times as wide. Hello. Would you like to be my friend? Considering that not being your friend would probably be very bad for my health, I would be honored to be your friend.
7: Oh good. My last biological friend ceased to function and then rotted away to dust a long time
8: ago. Do you have a preferred designation, or should we refer to you as Dwarf Unit 1?
6: Preferred designation? Do you mean name?
8: Correct. My designation is Research and Evaluation of Non-Mechanical Entities, Unit 7, but you may refer to me as Renee 7 if you prefer.
6: Pleasure to meet you, Renee 7. I'm Dr. Thrallness Staff. Who are your friends here?
5: My designation is Debris Assessment, Reclamation, and cataloging, Unit 254, or Darcy 254. That big lug nut over there is the Power Core Maintenance and Protection Atomic Tom prototype We just call him Kevin. Hello,
7: friend. Dr. Trollness Granite Staff.
5: How
6: about we just shorten that up to Trollness? Hello,
8: friend. Trollness... Doctor is an honorific given to those who perform maintenance on biological entities. Is that your primary function, Trollness?
6: Yes, I'm a medical doctor.
8: Excellent. We have found six biological specimens that may require maintenance. There are three humans, a Rohas, a Chin, and an Ur Kwa Kwa. They were located in the same remains of the crashed airship we found you in.
6: You mean Kwa Kwa Er?
8: Kwa Kwa Interesting. I wonder what happened to make it so that the Ice Stork symbiotes receive top killing now?
6: There were eight of us. We're still missing one. Considering the Glorious Dawn is scattered around an area the size of a death ball field, I should count us as lucky that you were able to find that many of us alive.
8: Darcy 254, Kevin, go back to the airship and tell me if you find any other biological specimens.
6: (sighs) Take me to the other biological specimens so I can see what I can do to help them.
8: Follow me, please. I
7: found a pretty blue starfish.
8: That's good, Kevin. Keep looking, but focus on trying to find biological specimens closer in size to Trollness. Kevin is... a bit... special. Yes, we'll go with special.
6: I can see Pilot, Elizabeth, Tish, Izzy, Sheldon and Henry. We're still missing a human male.
0: Meanwhile, back at the crash site,
6: Darcy, I think
7: I found
0: something.
5: What'd you find, Kevin?
0: I think I
7: found a mescalion.
5: Kevin, the last mescalion left the island nearly 13,000 years ago.
7: He looks really good for a 13,000 year old biological.
5: Kevin, what makes you think he's a mescalion?
7: He has pointed ears and an active DM signature. A really good... Big DM signature.
5: Your DM sensor was damaged in the blast. That uh, it was damaged so bad that you can barely detect a fellow with automaton. You weren't exaggerating, my friend. I'm measuring an 8.1 DM signature coming off him. Oh, that makes more sense. He has a void rod on him. That must be what's giving off the emissions. I'll just hold on to it for now.
7: Nope. The M signature is still there.
5: Let me scan the void rod, now that I ain't so close to him. 7.0? Kevin, hold this void rod while I scan the biological. You're right. He's still registering in 8.1. Well, interface me with an upside down cable. I'm a mescalian!
7: I'm going to put his Void rod back in his holster. I don't remember much from before the final battle, but I do know I fought alongside the Void Guardians to protect our island. My lord,
1: it's time to wake up. I have someone cover my morning glasses. I'm sleeping in.
5: idea why the human-shaped automaton keeled over like that? The floating one, and the one whose backside is wider than mine, have been working on her for quite a while.
6: I overheard Darcy, the floating one, say something about reconfiguring Renee's disbelief filter, whatever that means. I guess we're stuck waiting for them to finish up before we can go farther into this amazing city.
5: I know, right? I mean, look at all those automatons and those small airships above us! It looks like they're held aloft by the same type of ethereum container Darcy uses.
1: They're helping Renee to her feet now. We should probably get up as well.
8: Please come with us. Central will want to meet with you.
5: Who or what the hell is Central? Central Central. runs the island and is tied directly to the main data crystals. He'll know how to help y'all. It's not like we have anything else to do, Lizard Breath. Fine.
2: For now, I'll trust these contraptions. I hope we're not walking all the way there.
8: The city is huge. Of course not, Lizard Breath. Darcy 254 signaled for an air taxi before she brought me back online.
2: What did
1: you call me? Her name is actually Elizabeth Morgana. Lizard Breath is just a name Izzy uses
8: to let her know that she's angry
1: or upset
7: with her.
8: I see. One formal name, and another for when she is annoying. I understand. Thank you. As I was saying, Lizard Breath, an air taxi should be here momentarily. Darcy 254 requested one big enough for everyone but her to ride inside.
6: Are you not coming with us, Darcy?
5: I... But I prefer to attach myself to the outside of the air taxi. It's a much more exciting ride.
3: Please
8: let Kevin enter first. If the air taxi were to make an unscheduled landing, he would not be between you and the exit ramp.
7: Darcy, do I enjoy flying in transports?
8: Yes, you do. Oh,
7: good.
5: Oh, wow! Just look at that Ethereum engine! It's so compact! I wonder how they regulate the Vernian feedback loop. Ouch! Now, now, Miss Morgana. Remember, we look with our optical sensors, not our optic manipulator. Sorry.
0: Gareth. Everything's dead in this city.
8: Henry is correct in his assessment. There is no plant life in the city. What happened? They called it the Blight. It was released against Maskul during the final days of the Wizard War. The Blight was the reason the Maskallians tried to flee the island 13,000 years ago.
1: In the second great apocalypse. This Wizard War must have been what was responsible for wiping out half the life on Hadronas. What exactly was the Blight?
8: The Blight was a magical plague created by the Council of Wizards to end the war they were fighting with the people of Maskull. It was designed to destroy all life it came in contact with and then die out itself after a few days. The Wizards, in their arrogance, never considered the plague might mutate and managed to leave the shores of Maskull.
5: Why would they do that? Why snuff out all life on the island? and risk killing everything on Hadronus!
8: Like almost all wars that have ever been fought, it boiled down to greed. And just like those wars, religion was the excuse used to sway the masses. The wizards had gained power over most of Hadronus by being the sole suppliers of magics, and the supposed chosen of the gods. They influenced the various religions, so that not only was science frowned upon, the mixing of magic and science was labelled pure heresy. The wizards were furious when the people of Maskul refused to bow down to them, and then showed that they were capable of magics the wizards had never dreamed of. To make matters even worse, the Maskellians had created us, the Automatons, beings that exist only through the marriage of science and magic. Once the wizards discovered our existence, they branded us demons to be destroyed at all costs. The Maskellians refused to give the wizards their secrets. In the end, They all died defending us, as if we were their biological children. At least, we thought they had all died.
6: My people have built some automatons. But they are like wind-up toys compared to you lot. How did they manage to give you each different personalities?
4: I can
5: answer that one. It was the greatest gift the Mescalians gave us. Before the Wizard War, each adult had a copy of their personality. But not their memories. Magically stored in a crystal. Every automaton is given a random crystal when they are brought online. Oh! Is that why you refer to yourselves as he or she? Leftover impressions from the personality donors? Yes and no. Only about 30% of us had definite feelings of being one gender or the other when we came online of us determine which gender we were after going through some
6: tests. What about the other 20%? The tests are
5: eight and the automaton is given the choice of which gender they prefer. Most of them just end up flipping a coin in the end, or choose to be both or
8: neither.
6: I have a feeling I'm going to regret asking, but what type of tests do you perform to assign gender?
8: The easiest and most reliable test is to have the automaton pretend to use the loo. If they leave the toilet seat up, they're obviously male.
6: You know, without the use of facial expressions, I can't tell if you're joking or not.
8: Central is housed in this building. Gentle beings, I would like to introduce you to the logistics and operational node interface. She helps Central run the island.
4: Please, just call me Lonnie. Unless you lot are some sort of ambassadors, I don't see why we should have to keep things formal.
8: Lonnie, this is Pilot of the Rojas, Henry of the Chin, Sheldon of the ur kwa I'm sorry, it's Kwa-Kwa Ur now. The human females are Elizabeth and Isadora Morgana, and the young one is Tish.
4: How do you balance on that one big ball to move around? The same way a biological would. Plenty of practice with lots and lots of falling down in the beginning.
8: Finally we have Gareth Mental.
4: Central will want the blood test to confirm if this young man is who he claims to be. It would be quite the morale booster for the automatons learn the Mental line moves on. Gareth, please use the knife to prick your thumb or index finger. After that, allow four drops of blood to land in the bowl.
1: Okay. Ow. One, two, three, four. Is the bowl supposed to glow like that?
4: Yes, that's normal. Now let me place the bowl in the interface disc. The results should be instantaneous.
8: That's not possible! Had Darcy 254 and Kevin not adjusted my disbelief filters, I would have agreed with you. Gareth, the blood test shows that you are not a long-lost descendant of the residents of Maskell.
1: Damn. I really thought I was finally learning where I came from.
4: Renee did not explain this well. While you are not a long-lost descendant, according to the results, and we do have a 100% match, You are in fact a prior resident who left just before the blight was released on Muscal. See? I
7: told you he looked good for being 13,000 years old. What? How is that even possible?
9: Perhaps I can shed some light on that, Gareth. Come inside. Your friends are more than welcome to join us.
2: We're not actually thinking of going into a room with a giant disembodied head
4: floating in the middle, are we? If you're really that scared, Mr. Fuzzybottom can stay out here and hold your hand. The rest of us will be putting on our big girl trousers and talking with the nice floating person.
9: You <laughs> go, go. Kevin, it's good to see you again, my old friend. Did you enjoy the package I sent you? Hello. I like coloring in the books you sent me. Thank you. Welcome, Gareth. It's been quite some time since I saw you last. We've met before? Oh, yes. Your father used to bring you here all the time. You see, this is where he created me. I suppose, in an odd sort of way, you and I are siblings. That
5: would explain his 8.1 DM signature.
3: Floating disembodied head. I overheard the mechanical people use that term earlier. What does it mean?
5: Sorry, we forgot that only miscallions would know what we were talking about. The DM signature of a person or object indicates where they fall on an exponential scale that shows how much dark magic they're capable of using. I should have known!
1: <laughs> Whoa, Elizabeth. Before this trip, I never
9: even knew I was able to use magic, let alone evil magic. What would evil magic have to do with anything?
2: You said dark magic. Everyone knows magic is divided into either light magic, which is good, or dark magic, which is evil.
9: Nonsense. That's not how magic works at all. Magic is only good or evil based upon how it is used. Light or dark refers to whether or not the magic can be detected by normal means. The magic that can be detected by wizards and their ilk only amounts for about 15% of the magic in the universe. The other 85% is what we call dark magic. The Mescalians are the only known biological species able to sense and tap into dark magic. Huh? Yeah, what he said. Long ago, the inhabitants of this island were no different than the other humans on Hadronis. That all changed when the Void Stone fell out of the night sky during the first great apocalypse. The strange magics given off by the stone slowly altered the people of this island until they became what we now know as the Mescalians. Exposure over generations had given them the ability to sense magics like the one found in the Void Stone. The Mintel family had always been the most in tune with dark magic and were the ones who developed the runes able to tap into it. Their work is what keeps the automatons and the city running long after normal runes would have failed. That's all well and good, and we
6: thank you for the ancient history lesson. But I've known Gareth since he was a wee lad. So unless these Mascallions of yours spend nearly 13,000 years as
9: toddlers, this makes no sense at all. Actually, Gareth's presence here today answers a question I've always had about the final battle before the Blight was released. Observe the viewing plate on the wall. What you are watching is a recording of the final moments of the Majesty, the mental family's private ship. Notice the small craft that shoots out of the airship and dives below the waves. Like all ships of her class, the Majesty was equipped with null-entropy lifeboats. Escape pods with runes designed to freeze time within them. She was only able to launch one of her lifeboats before being destroyed, I always wondered if it had been a misfire, or if there had actually been someone aboard it. Now I know.
5: You know, Gareth, I always thought I would enjoy dating an older man. Of course, 13,000 years is a little older than I was anticipating, but I know we'll make it work.
9: Well, as nice as this has been, reuniting with family, so to speak, you should probably head off to visit your home to see if there's anything you want to take with you before you leave Muscal. Leave? We just got here. Why are you trying to get rid of us? It's not what you're thinking, Gareth. In case you hadn't noticed on your flight here, most of Muscal is still sterile. Only within the last hundred years has the land around the city begun to show signs of life. As mechanical entities, we have no need of food and any food left by the Mescalians turned to dust eons ago. We have nothing to feed you. You're more than welcome to return to the island anytime you want, you just need to bring your own food. The provisions we were able to salvage from the remains of your layship will only last you a few weeks at most.
2: Thanks for reminding me that my... <coughs> our ship was destroyed. Just how exactly are we supposed to leave this forsaken island?
9: Well, I was somewhat expecting you would use the experimental battleship that is sitting in a Null-Entropy dock at the moment. We would have used it to travel across Hadronis, but it requires a Mascali and his captain to bring it online. It will take an hour or so to shut down the Null-Entropy runes. During that time, everyone but Elizabeth should go visit Gareth's old home.
4: Why not me? To be perfectly honest, Elizabeth, exposed mechanisms are so last millennium like an upgrade at a salon nearby. You see... You're kidding! You can actually do that? Of course we can! I'll catch up with you guys at the dry docks. Pilot and us will head to the dry docks right away. We can't wait to get our eyes on our new ride. (laughs) What? Still no laughs?
5: A beautiful home except for that strange motionless fog surrounding it that there is a level six residential protection field rooms carved into the stone foundation of homes such as this register the presence of their owners if they are gone for more than a week the home seals itself up until they return if anyone not authorized by the family touches the fog. They are rendered unconscious until the authorities arrive. If Gareth is who we think he is, the field should collapse when he knocks on the door.
1: And if I'm not who you think I am?
5: We're mostly certain we figured out what the police did to revive trespassers, so you should be reasonably
4: safe.
1: Okay, nothing ventured and all that. Really? (laughs) I couldn't resist. Plus, I figured if this is my family home, I probably got my sense of humor from whomever lived here. Come on, let's head inside.
5: Thank you, Gareth. But Renee and I have an errand to take care of. It shouldn't take too long, and we'll just let ourselves in when we return.
1: All right. I'll see you in
7: a
5: bit then. So, how does it feel to be back here?
1: Strange. I keep thinking I should feel some sort of attachment to the place. But I don't. Nothing seems familiar.
6: Gareth, come to the study at the end of the hall. I found something. What'd you find? Take a look at the large book on the table here. In fact, have a close look at this page. <laughs> I recognize the wee lad in this picture.
4: <laughs> wow, nice hair, Gareth! It looks like you licked a charge atrium tube. Funny? Why are you laughing so much?
1: (laughs) According to the caption, that's exactly what happened. I got into some of my father's equipment and decided I wanted to see what charged ethereum tasted like. It says my hair didn't go back to normal for a week.
6: Since Elizabeth isn't here, I'll say it for her. Licking charged ethereum as a child explained a lot.
5: Garrett, Rene Seven and I thought that since you will be the captain of the new airship, you should dress appropriately. We had one of the Fabrication Automatons whip up a dress uniform for you in the style of the Royal Mescalian Air Navy.
1: You mean Central was being serious about me being the captain? Elizabeth is not going to like this one
5: bit. We'll deal with Lizard Breath later, as a team. Now, shoo, go put the clothes on. I've always had a thing for guys in uniform. I'll help show you how to wear
8: it. Where do you think you were going, Miss Morgala?
5: <laughs> can't blame a girl for wanting to take a peek. So, what do you think? Tish is in the room, so I can't tell you exactly what I think. So, let's just go with, I'm really looking forward to doing a detailed pre-flight inspection.
6: That black uniform with the white piping really suits you, Gareth. You look like a right, proper officer. Just out of curiosity, what do those fancy decorations mean?
5: The four black stars on field of white denote the captain of the Mescalian flagship. Regular captains only receive three stars. Your new ship is the flagship of the Royal Muscallion Air Navy.
8: It is the only ship in the Air Navy.
5: And, therefore, the flagship.
6: Fine, fine. My son's a senior captain. What does the fancy symbol on his neck mean?
1: From what Darcy tells me, it's sort of like a Mescalian coat of arms. It designates me as the head of House Mental.
5: Come here, handsome. You look like you need a hug. Gareth, I know Elizabeth will try to argue that you shouldn't be captain, but stand your ground. I believe in you. Just so you know, if she somehow manages to win over the rest of the crew, you're still keeping that uniform. I can't decide if that uniform won't look better on you or on the floor of my cabin. What's that thing? This little fella is part of a network of surveillance automatons we have stationed around the island. It seems as though the pirates that destroyed your relationship ship are still in the area. Spider Eye Seven Six Eight Five says he saw a small two-man dirigible cross the storm boundary. Once it saw the island, it turned tail and took off like someone was trying to lubricate its chassis with the wrong type of oil.
8: Gareth. We need to get you to the dry docks as soon as possible. The experimental airship is the only air defense we have. The pirates would soon learn the range of our land-based weapons, and simply fly higher. They could bombard Maskell from the air with impunity if we don't launch the ship soon.
1: Nothing like on-the-job training. Let's go find the others. Gareth, I
5: know it seems like a trivial thing, probable probably odd coming from a mechanical. But the mescallions had a superstition about flying an airship that hadn't been named yet. As captain, it's your right to name the ship before maiden voyage.
1: I know just what to call her.
5: I'll have that passed along to the dry docks while we're on our way in attacks.
8: Darcy 254 let the others go on ahead for a moment. I wish to speak with you alone. Go on. I am still not sure we made the right decision in keeping the information we discussed from Gareth.
5: We agreed that it will be too much for him to process in such a short amount of time. With the pirates attacking, it makes even more sense not to overload him.
8: You are correct, but you know that we will have to tell him eventually. The other automatons would melt us down for scrap while still online if we don't. Of course we'll tell him!
5: We just need to wait until after this process is over. Then we'll tell Gareth that the last senior captain to wear the Diamond Burst was his granddaddy, King Yanto.
0: This has been Gareth and the Lost Island. Episode 10, starring Peter McGiffin as the narrator and Henry's translator, Alan Petty as Trialness Granite Star. Patrick Mallard as Gareth Mintle and Kevin. Deborah Mallard as Izzy Morgana and Dar C254. Lauren Kong as Elizabeth Morgana. Jenna Oliver as Tish, Casey Swan as Pilot. Daniel Four as Sheldon's Left Eye Stalk and Looney. OJVA as Sheldon's right eye stalk, AI Brooke as Renee Seven, and David Gardiner as Central. As a vertically challenged individual, the director is considering using the designation of Dwarf Unit 1 himself. Gareth and the Lost Island was written and directed by Patrick Mullard.